0: welcome to another inspirational message from pastor ron hammonds senior pastor of golden triangle church on the rock in southeast texas we're so glad you're joining us for more information about golden triangle church on the rock ministries visit our website cotr.com enjoy the word well tonight we're going to go to the word and we're going to talk tonight about the power of a parable the power of a parable. What in the world is a parable? I'm going to tell you. And before you leave here tonight, I'm going to make sure that you get a takeaway that will last you, you know, a lifetime. Every word that we get from God is designed to change our life forever. That's just the nature of God's word. And it works. I know that his word has changed my life. And I know many of you in your lives on a personal uh, level. And I know that he's changed your lives as well. It's the word, the Bible says, that's able to build us up and to give us an inheritance Among the saints in life, if there's something in your life, in your situation, in your moment that you are needing to change or you would like to see change, let me tell you: get connected to the Word of God, because the Word of God will lay out a path. It will always give you a next step. There is always something you can do to please Jesus, and you can always be a little bit better, without respect to where you may be on your journey with Jesus Christ. If you're just starting, or if you're, you know, if 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 you've been walking with Him for a number of years, or if you're just barely in, if you're just in, you know, toe-deep water. Or if you're in neck deep water, let me tell you, Jesus has something for you. He understands where you are. He cares about where you are. And he wants to meet you right where you are and take you to the place that he wants you to, to enjoy. And so tonight we're going to be going uh, coming from the book of Mark. Okay, we'll go a couple of other places, but uh, but Mark, we're going to look in Mark chapter 4. On Sundays, we've been doing a series in Mark, and, and I don't feel as though that I've had enough time to really do it justice, so I thought I'd jump back and pick up in Mark 4 one of the, uh, the thoughts, one of the themes, one of the things that Jesus teaches us from the book of Mark, okay? And uh, we're going to be talking about the power of a parable, okay? I'll tell you what a parable is in just a moment. But in Mark, the fourth chapter, reading from the New King James Version, verse 1, one says this and again jesus began to teach by the sea and again and you know uh, isn't that amazing you know the first chapter of mark begins by saying you know in uh, the beginning you know but the second chapter starts with and. The third chapter starts with and. The fourth chapter starts with and. The fifth chapter starts with then. The sixth chapter with then. The seventh chapter with then. You know, there's always an and and a then. I mean, I mean you know, it, it, it shows action that there's always something new going on. And so Jesus, you know, uh, he is again and again. Jesus began to teach by the sea. Uh, it was something he did all the time. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. I love the, the fact that Jesus understood uh, the, the logistics of needing a little equipment a little stuff to minister in a better way. Do you know, you do not need any more Jesus to minister to one person or a million people. It doesn't take any more Jesus to minister to a million people as it does to minister to one person. It just takes more stuff. Okay. For us, it takes a internet, you know, for us, it takes a, you know, you just, a microphone. We just need more stuff to minister to more people. Jesus too. He needed a boat okay he needed a boat he needed some way to get out there so that he could you know have his voice naturally projected to the multitudes who were there to listen to him uh, but but here's what the word says in in, in verse number two and, and then jesus taught them many things by parables Hmm. jesus shared if you continue to read these verses he shared about the sower who went out to sow the seed and and there were four types of soil that the seed fell into and and hopefully jesus is is is, is hoping that we would look into that parable of a sower going out to sow the seed, and we would understand, he's hoping that we would kind of overlay that over our lives and understand that we are one of these types of soil. And we can hopefully move ourselves to the type of soil that we should be, who receives the word of God and brings forth fruit and you know and and, and continues to grow 30, 60, 100 fold That we continue to let the word of God work in our lives. He also told a parable about the candle: that no man lights a candle and puts it under a bed, you know, but but rather on a lampstand so everybody can see it what would the use be of lighting or turning on a lamp tonight when you got home and putting it under your bed and you know and letting the bed covers fall down on it or under a basket there's no reason to even light the thing if you're going to hide it that's what he say. It's a parable. It's 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 intended to share some truth with us. Uh, you know, he also talked about the kingdom of God is like this and like that. He talked about this tiny mustard seed that the kingdom of God is like that grows up into this greatest of all of the of the herbs and and you know even branches you know reach out and birds nest in them and find shadow in them. Uh, you know, uh, he he taught a lot in parables. In fact, down in verse thirty three of chapter 4 it says and with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it i love the fact that that jesus is conscious of what i'm able to hear you know tonight i'm sharing the word of god with you but you know most of you uh, yeah most of you not all of you uh because some of you aren't listening okay (laughs) okay that's the way it works okay uh but most of you I'm sharing the word of God. I'm preaching one message, but most of you are not necessarily hearing what I'm saying. Oh, you're hearing the words, but there's something happening on the inside of you on a spiritual level that you are hearing something that God wants you to hear. He is emphasizing things to you. It's following your heart in different ways, on your mind in different ways, so that the multitudes of people who hear the word of God, they hear it at a place that they're able to hear it. I love that. I love the fact that we can look at truth and we can all get something from the word of God tonight. We can all get something that we need because we we, we are spoken to in a way by the Holy Spirit that, that it means something to us. That's the way God's Word is. It's so multifaceted. It is absolutely capable of meeting the needs of the multitudes. Isn't that amazing? Well, in verse 34, the Bible says, But without a parable, Jesus did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. You see, Jesus often used parables to communicate truth. To convey truth uh, the word parable means to stand beside like two ships who are getting ready to do battle okay to stand beside now what in the world could that mean well a parable gives you a chance to stand beside yourself it gives you a chance to stand over here in a known truth a truth about a farmer, a truth about fishing, a truth about you know, a mustard seed, a truth about something that you know and you, you, it's a familiar, known truth. Okay? That you take a seed, you put it in the ground, and if you put it on the ground and not in the ground, it won't take root. Okay? It won't live very long. But if you put it in rocks, you know, it, it, it won't get much root. It will endure for a while, but when the heat comes up, it'll wither away. But when you put it in good soil, you know, in fertile good soil, and I mean, the, it allows you to step out of your life and out of your moment and stand beside yourself and look back at yourself and begin to judge yourself. Am I living like I need to live? Am I hearing what I need to hear? Am, 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 am I being? Am I the person I then I want to be? That's what a parable does. That's why Jesus used the parables. They they you know uh, uh, they um, they help us examine our heart, examine our mind, our thoughts, examine our actions in light of an illustrated truth that is familiar and and, and is you know in, inarguable. I I don't think that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Okay, maybe it is. Who knows i know someone will let me know thank you i appreciate that okay Uh, but uh it uh it's 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 just the truth parables are aimed at individuals without respect to where they may be standing they may be in a crowd they may be in a multitude you know no it it doesn't matter a parable is aimed at an individual and it falls on an individual's mind no matter what crowd they may be in they may be in you know a without respect to where they are in life, when, when, when a parable, when a truth, when an illustrated truth is shared, it falls on the individual. And it is the individual's responsibility to, to step aside for a moment and judge their lives by this truth. Well, uh, uh, you know, it was the hope of Jesus that people would stand outside of their moment, would look back into their moment, and would see themselves as God sees them. And then change themselves as needed. Move themselves to a better place. You know, uh, you know, it's possible that God sees you as shallow soil. That you come to church over and over and over, hear the word of God over and over and over, but you go out there in life and you don't produce past Monday. <laughs> okay? Come on. Stick here with me. Okay? That something happens, you know, the cares of this world, you know, whatever else may enter in. And all of a sudden, what you heard Sunday morning is no longer deep enough to produce fruit. And so you run out of fruit. And so you end up living like the world or living like the devil or living like your old self. And God knows that. And what God wants you to do, hopefully, step outside that and see yourself and say, you know, I am shallow soil. I need to do something about this. I need to dig deep. I need to plow up, you know, the fallow ground. I need to dig out the rocks. I need to get into, you know, fertilize and cultivate. I need to protect this seed that God gives me every Sunday morning, every Wednesday evening. I need to do something with the Word of God that I read in the morning. I don't need to read the Bible in the morning. And then by the time it gets to 11 o'clock, I it is no longer fruitful in my life. You know, and Jesus was hoping people would see this and see it through the ages. Uh, however, many people are very apprehensive about entering into a parable, they don't really want to put themselves in the parable because when you put yourself in the parable, all of a sudden you become very vulnerable you become, it's risky. It is risky, especially whenever you're, you're in the moment of, of, you know, of, of, of doing something and the parable might shine a bad light on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? The parable might, might make me out to be a sinner. The parable might make me out to be wrong so many times and you've seen it you've probably even done it as you're sharing you know with someone that you believe they're wrong you think they need to change their mind and you have the greatest of heart and yet you want to share a truth with them but about the time you start to share the truth all of a sudden they exempt themselves from entering into that parable (laughs) no i'm sorry and 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 they won't necessarily agree with it don't want to talk about it they kind of divert or they go somewhere else why because they're afraid people are people are apprehensive And they don't naturally like to see themselves in a bad light. And the apprehension of individuals to expose themselves to a parable will cause many people not to receive the truth. Because if people receive the truth, they will find redemption. They will find the path that will lead them out of darkness, out of deception, and will lead them to Christ. It's like when you witness to someone You know, uh, many people don't want to receive the truth because if they receive the truth, then they have to be born again. Then they have to, you know. And so what they do is stand apart from the truth and they don't want to let the truth be real to them. So they'll, you know, la, 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 you know, whatever. Or they'll become argumentative or they'll, you know, uh, divert or they'll leave. Or they'll, you know, uh, this is what people do. You know, When, when, when a person refuses or rejects or rails against the light, things only get darker in their life. You see, parables serve a twofold purpose of God. Jesus explained it much better than, than I, uh, and, and uh, I, I, I'll, I'll just leave you to the thought that Jesus said, that if you really see and perceive and you hear and understand, uh, then your heart will be changed and you will be converted and you will be made whole. It's a process. first the truth and the light we receive it we see it we perceive it we don't just hear it we understand it we don't just see it we perceive it we don't just hear it we understand it okay and it gets into more than in our mind it gets into our heart and it changes us and who who in the world wouldn't want to be changed to be like Jesus who in the world would not want to be happy and at peace and full of joy without respect to what's going on in the world to have peace in your home and joy in your heart and hope for your tomorrow who would not want to live that life But yet, it requires us entering into the truth. It requires us letting the light shine on us. It requires us being vulnerable and opening up our hearts to some of our most perhaps prized, treasured, and protected places in our hearts and minds. The parables serve a twofold purpose of God. The purpose is to redeem, but also serves a judgment purpose. You see, this is the basis on which, at the great white throne judgment, Souls will be judged and separated on who received the light, the truth, and who rejected it, who refused to receive the truth. This will be, I mean, this is the whole ball of wax in the big picture. We boil it down to the small picture. It's an everyday opportunity for us to receive the light of God's word and truth in our life. Because most likely it's going to point out some places in which we need to change. And, you know, walking every day in life under the conviction of the Holy Spirit gives us confidence that we are right with Him. Allowing His light to shine in our life, to inspect our life, to examine ourselves, to stand beside ourselves and examine ourselves Judge ourselves so that we will not be later judged by God. Well, uh, parables are an opportunity to see ourselves as God sees us. But adjustments and, and, and changes in our life are completely up to us. It's up to the individual. Some hearers are ready to take that risk and enter into the story that Jesus is telling. And some hearers are not. Those that are willing to enter in, they will end up hearing. And if they perceive and understand and change, Jesus said, I will make them whole. It will sweeten their experience with God. A parable tries its best to win a place in your heart and in your mind. It tries its best. It tries its best uh, to, to, to give you, um, you know, for what some people might even be an unwelcomed truth. But a parable, a, a parable wants to burrow in your mind so that even if you don't receive it, it will speak to you for years to come, hoping, uh, God is hoping through that seed that he drops, it, that his word will not return void, but it will accomplish the thing that he first dropped into your mind so that you you, you it'll it'll uh, for for better, for lack of a better word it will haunt you the truth will haunt you have you ever been haunted by truth you know until you said okay you're right <laughs> you know you know it's right i'm wrong you know here here's my life that's what we call many times you know i'm uh, you, know, you know you're running from the call or running from you know uh, you know uh, but you know all of a sudden here surrender that's all the truth wants us to do is to surrender uh the parable also guards the life of a truth until the individual can receive it. You see, the parable is not going to change. The truth is not going to change. It won't. Just because we don't receive it, the truth will not change. The truth does not change to accommodate our experience, our situation, our circumstance. The truth, uh, truth is the fruit of of an encounter with God if you meet God on any level you're going to leave there with some truth you're going to leave you're going to be confronted with truth okay Uh, you know uh, the greatest truth you're going to be confronted with is that he loves you and he cares about you and he's a tender forgiving gracious wonderful merciful God that's the greatest truth you're ever going to find and I hope that that's what people see in the light that we are shining Uh, but fruit has no value to those who have decided not to eat i just came up with that today isn't that pretty good (laughs) truth has no value to those who have decided not to eat Uh, the truth of god's word is like a seed and it will find any way it can to bring the truth to you but you have to be willing to be vulnerable and to step, you know, stand beside yourself and look back in, and then enter into the parable. You need to enter into the truth as God sees it. If you refuse to enter into the truth as God sees it, you will never see it like God sees it. Does that make sense? Instead of trying to get God to see truth from your perspective, you need to see it from his perspective. It is, listen, Jesus never means to offend us. He only means to save us. Take this account of Jesus in Matthew 15. This little woman from Canaan, you know, uh, Mark says is a Syrophoenician lady. She was a Gentile and She came to Jesus and cried, have mercy on me. My daughter is, 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 you know, is severely vexed, demon possessed. Have mercy on me. And Jesus just kept on, wouldn't say a word to her, kept walking. You know, seemed a little bit rude, didn't it? The truth sometimes can seem to us a little bit rude. Hello, come on now. Okay. Put yourself right there with her. And so she just you know kept on the disciples kept trying to get her away but she just kept crying out and so jesus said you know uh uh uh, you know okay Uh, uh i'm not going to you know jesus said i was not sent but for the lost sheep of israel then the woman came you can read about it in matthew 15 she came and fell down at jesus feet and she began to worship him first of all she was not offended that he was a little bit rude okay sometimes our own offense keeps the light from shining on us sometimes we're too quick to get upset with jesus or get upset with someone who may uh, in in our world represent jesus so she came and fell down. She began to worship him and she cried, Lord, help me. In verse 26, let's read. But Jesus answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. Oh my goodness, he just called her a dog. Woo! Now, how would you take that? But listen, it is not Jesus' intent. And we must understand, and she, will understand it was not his intent to offend her to be cruel or to hurt her feelings he is sharing with her a truth a parable the parable says it is not right to take the children's bread and to give it to a dog verse 27 and she said yes lord what is she saying she's saying you're right Oh my goodness, that's a wonderful thing to do when you approach the Word of God. Whatever it says about you, if it says that you're a liar, you're going to go, yes, Lord, I am. Now, let's talk about what I need. <laughs> okay? Instead of how dare you, hello? Sure. Many of you say, uh, no, I ain't going there. Well, then, then, you know, this wouldn't happen to you. It's a very vulnerable, very risky moment to let the truth to let the light shine in a place that's very important and protected and very very you know uh, uh, it's it's a fearful thing it's apprehensive to be that vulnerable but there's no other way yes lord yet <laughs> yeah lord you're right yet even the little dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table You see, she put herself into Jesus' parable. She put herself into the Word. She put herself into the truth. The truth as God sees it. Not the truth as she saw it, and not the truth as society. You know, Jesus was not being politically correct here. Okay? Come on. She put herself into the truth as he saw it. Not as she saw it, and not as her ten best friends saw it. But as Jesus saw it, even the crumbs. And then she found a way in the truth. There's always a way in the truth for redemption. Once you enter into the truth, there is always a way for you to be redeemed. For you to be made whole. Here's what it says in verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh woman, my goodness, great is your faith. Listen, let it be to you as, you just can have whatever you want. You have it like you want it. Because I see that you have such great faith. Trust. That's what pistis, grace. uh, Faith is the Greek word pistis. It means trust basically to trust in the truth. She trusted in the goodness of God, not to want to hurt her, in the goodness of Jesus, not to want to, he, he didn't want to exempt her. He wanted to include her. But this woman needed some faith. She needed some trust in order to be included. Like that woman who had that issue of blood. She needed some trust in order to be included in that that outpouring of grace and virtue from Jesus Christ. It wasn't that Jesus didn't want to heal her. It was that he needed her to participate with him. That's what God often needs is for us to participate with him in the truth as he sees it. And he said, uh, you know, you have it what you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, uh, this woman did the best thing she could have done she found her place in the word of god instead of being offended by the word jesus would later say blessed is the man who is not offended in me jesus was not saying this to the woman to be cruel something happens when a person hears the truth something powerful happens it gives them a chance to have faith whether the individuals in a crowd are standing alone, when truth knocks on a, the door of a person's heart, you know they have a chance to open that door. But what they do with the truth will determine their salvation or their damnation. That's the truth. This woman was not offended by the truth. There's power I, to not just understand how much power there is in a parable how much power there is in in truth as jesus intended uh, take for example those men one more little thing from the word of god in john chapter eight you remember all these men that drugged this woman who was caught in the act of adultery into the temple and threw her down at the feet of jesus and it said that woman was taken in adultery okay Do you you remember what Jesus did? He didn't really, you know, defend. He didn't really. He just, you know, bent down. He he rode in the dust a little bit. But then he looked up and said to them a parable. This is a parable, okay? Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. What happened? What happened after that? That's all he said. That's all. Each one of them you know, individually, not the crowd, we see a crowd there. We see a group of men there, but, but a parable, the truth of, of the living God, the word of Almighty God, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus shines in our heart individually, and it gives every person an individual opportunity to embrace the truth or not embrace the truth. And all these men standing around there, it fell on their hearts and their minds individually. They did not collectively leave as they collectively came, but they were all in agreement, and they were all trying their best to accomplish the same goal. They were committed to what they had agreed to do, but yet each one of them, as they opened up their heart, fell under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They stepped beside themselves, and they looked back at themselves, and they realized that I am not without sin myself, and when they realized that, they had a choice to make, to let that light change their life or not change their life. And every one of them, the Bible says, from the oldest to the youngest began to walk out and leave. Under the conviction of the Holy Spirit changed, no doubt forever changed. Unable to ever get away from the word which spoke to them and pierced their heart and brought life to them. Changed their life forever. Why? Why? because of the truth, but also because they had the good sense to step outside of the moment instead of just feeling like he was being rude instead of just feeling like he was being cruel instead of he he was not condemning he was not being critical he was not condemning he was not pouring out you and you and you you know I, I, I've heard a lot of messages I don't know what he wrote but whatever he wrote you know I maybe he was just drawing pictures I don't know but whatever happened in their hearts happened as a matter of personal conviction because they allowed the light to shine on a dark place in their life. And they didn't even know it was dark before. They thought they were doing God a favor. They thought they were right. You know, sometimes we hear the truth from the most, you know, unexpected places. Maybe a spouse. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You know, maybe a coworker, worker uh, maybe from even a stranger. But when truth knocks on the door of your heart, it will knock with a certain sound. If we refuse it, we can become hardened to the next truth and the next truth, and the next truth. You've seen it, I've seen it. How many times have we seen people who continue, their life continues to, to deteriorate or goes down a wrong road, and, and those are the people that have had more truth thrown at them than anybody else? You know, I've told them time and time and time and time again. Yes, you have, but every time you tell them and they reject it, they just get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. It's an individual's responsibility to open the door You know, if you tell yourself that you're right long enough, you're going to believe it. The Bible, however, says that open rebuke is better than secret love and faithful are the wounds of a friend. Even the Apostle Paul stood up against the Apostle Peter when the Apostle Peter backslid and refused to eat with Gentiles who had been born again because some Jews came and he didn't want to lose his status among the Jews. And the apostle Paul withstood him and rebuked him openly. And later the apostle Peter wrote that the apostle Paul is kind of a hard man, but he's right. (laughs) You know, well, three things here as I close, I'm really closing uh, this time. Okay. Already three things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to try standing beside yourself. I'm going to try to, I'm going to encourage you get outside of yourself for a moment. In some areas, whenever you hear truth, just step outside and look back at yourself. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and be vulnerable before Jesus. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you you don't have to risk it in front of anybody else. But before Jesus, just step outside yourself and look back at yourself and judge yourself. Examine yourself in light of the truth. Don't be afraid of the truth. The truth is loving and kind. At times it may seem a little rude and a little direct, but it's loving and kind. It's not cruel, and it's come to save us. Number two, I'm going to ask you to open up your mind to the truth. Don't be closed-minded. Don't decide that you're, you're, you, know, you're you know, what you've told yourself, what others have told you. What, don't decide that your truth is the truth. You know, don't be afraid to look at it. And number three, I'm going to ask you to be a light for others. Okay? Be a light for others.